regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad you've joined us on the program today. We're going to be talking about uh, something going on in the Bay Area where San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo is using that uh, recent shooting at a uh, San Jose rail yard to uh, call for more restrictions on the right to keep and bear arms, uh, more local ordinances aimed squarely at legal gun owners, uh, ordinances, by the way, that would have a disproportionate impact on minority residents in San Jose. That's right. Sam Licardo, the mayor of San Jose, leaning in to uh, put in some new Jim Crow-style poll taxes on the right to keep and bear arms in the uh, city of San Jose. He announced this proposal uh, today. This is not a new idea, by the way. Licardo originally called for uh, these restrictions on legal gun owners back in 2019, but the city council failed to act. So now he is using uh, another tragedy to uh, exploit uh, another tragedy to try to impose, again, limitations on the right to keep and bear arms for legal gun owners, law-abiding residents there in San Jose, California. What does the mayor want to do? Well, he wants to require that every legal gun owner in the city of San Jose carry liability insurance Mm -hmm. in order for them to lawfully possess a gun uh, inside of the city limits. That's right. You would have to be insured. This is how the uh, East Bay Times described it. He wants the city by September to adopt an ordinance requiring gun owners in San Jose to pay an annual fee and carry insurance to cover unintentional firearms-related deaths, injuries, or property damage. The insurance cannot legally cover intentional harm caused by a gun owner, the mayor acknowledged. The city has yet to determine the annual fee, which would be used to cover emergency responses to shootings, medical care, and related services. But Licardo said it would be, quote, modest. Those who don't pay up could have their weapons seized or be fined, although police won't be actively looking for violations and instead will enforce the law when checking on gun-related incidents or responding to weapons calls. All right, so let's let's start there for just a second. So the mayor acknowledges, yes, this insurance policy won't cover people who intentionally use a gun in the commission of a violent crime, which of course is the vast majority of violent crimes which a firearm is used in the city of San Jose, right? So already, not that criminals were going to comply with some sort of insurance mandate to begin with, but the insurance mandate doesn't cover intentional acts of violence. So this does nothing, in other words, to actually punish violent offenders, does nothing to prevent violent crimes. This is a fee to exercise a constitutionally protected right. You want to exercise your First Amendment rights in San Jose. You don't have to go get a permit from City Hall that allows you to blog or write an op-ed or even write a letter to friends. But if you want to keep a gun in your home for self-defense, you would have to pay for the privilege of exercising a constitutional right. Now, as you can imagine, Second Amendment advocates in the state of California, not too impressed with the mayor's proposal. Uh, Sam Parides, executive director of Gun Owners of California, called the proposed ordinance a, quote, knee-jerk reaction that will not solve the problem Ricardo's trying to address, adding that the mayor would, quote, have his rear end handed to him in a basket by a judge. Uh, Parides said, we are genuinely startled that the mayor believes he has the ability to implement laws that he doesn't have the authority to do. And the courts will soon follow. Uh, Paredes, by the way, has acknowledged, yeah, if we do this, we are going to face a legal challenge. But, you know, look, no skin in the game for Sam Licardo. 
the mayor of San Jose. Uh, gun control groups are going to be happy to defend any new gun control law that the city puts on the books pro bono. So it won't cost the city a penny. If Sam Licardo loses in court, it's not going to cost him. It's not like he's going to have to pay attorney's fees or anything like that. No, the city of San Jose will cover any sort of financial losses. So what's the harm for Sam Licardo in imposing these types of gun control restrictions? Well, I would argue that there is a political cost to be borne. You know, as I was doing some research into Licardo's proposal over the weekend, I ran across a study that I found really interesting. Uh, and it doesn't, you know, we don't have a lot of uh, studies on what requiring insurance for gun owners would, would look like and, and what harm might come as a result of that. But Licardo has compared an insurance mandate for gun owners to an insurance mandate for car owners. Right. You, you, you drive a car in the city streets. Well, you've got to have insurance for that vehicle. Now, never mind the fact, by the way, that in California, they're actually taking steps to lessen the penalties for driving without car insurance. Um, when I started doing some research into this, what I realized pretty quickly is that there is a racial component to the cost that Americans are paying for their car insurance. If you are black. You are paying more for your car insurance than if you're white. There was a study that was done that showed that drivers in predominantly black zip codes pay 60% more in premiums than in equally dense, mostly white urban neighborhoods. Drivers in minority communities in rural areas pay 24% more than in white rural zip codes. Major companies like Progressive Farmers Insurance charge those living in predominantly black zip codes 92% more for insurance premiums. Allstate charges 56% more. State Farm, 62% more. Geico, 52% more. In metro areas like New York, Baltimore, Detroit, D.C., Orlando, and Boston, the premiums are 50% higher for predominantly black zip codes. And according to one study, the disparity actually gets worse for higher income minorities. The average premium for upper middle income black neighborhoods is 194% higher than it is for a comparable upper-middle-class white driver. $2,113 on average for an upper-middle-class black driver compared to $717 for an insurance premium if you are an upper-middle-class white driver. So, again, that's car insurance. But you don't think we're still going to see those same disparities at work if Sam Licardo requires all gun owners to carry insurance? You don't think that somebody who lives in a majority-minority neighborhood or a neighborhood with a higher violent crime rate is going to have to pay more money to an insurance company than somebody who lives in a gated community. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And whether Sam Licardo realizes it or not, what he wants, again, is the 21st century equivalent of a poll tax on the Second Amendment, a tax or a fee that will fall disproportionately on minority gun owners. Now, I know that Sam Licardo views himself as a progressive. He would never, ever do anything intentionally that would uh, add or exacerbate to uh, uh, racial problems or discrimination in this country, but that's exactly what this proposal would do. By the way, Licardo also wants the uh, city of San Jose to uh, sign on to a uh, amicus brief uh, regarding California's so-called assault weapons ban. He has requested that the city also conduct more routine gun buyback events. Yeah. And launch a public campaign to encourage residents 
to notify mental health or law enforcement authorities of implied or explicit threats of violence or plans to commit violence. He says that what we know about the realm of public health is that it often requires multiple and varied interventions to have an impact. There is no one panacea. Well, as far as Licardo is concerned, there actually is one panacea. Gun control. Restricting the rights of American citizens. He doesn't think that Americans, or at least San Jose residents, should be able to purchase or own the most commonly sold rifle in America today, the AR-15. Thinks that should be a crime, right? Also wants to hold these uh, compensated uh, confiscation events, these, these gun buybacks. Which, by the way, there's no evidence that these things reduce violent crime, uh, accidents, or suicides. There's no evidence whatsoever that these buybacks, I don't even like to call them buybacks, I prefer the term compensated confiscation program, there's no evidence that these things do anything other than allow politicians like Sam Licardo to issue a press release saying, see, look what we're doing here. And then finally, he wants to uh, encourage San Jose residents to uh, contact authorities if there's a, quote, implied threat of violence. Of course, uh, what Licardo really wants is to uh, weaponize the use of California's red flag laws to deprive people of the right to keep their arms without due process. Each and every one of those strategies that Sam Licardo is presenting is aimed at making it legally dangerous to exercise your right to keep and bear arms, right? And it also is designed to cut down on the number of legal gun owners out there. There will be some residents of San Jose who would quite literally be priced out of their right to keep and bear arms if Licardo's insurance mandate becomes law. He wants the city council to act over the summer. He says he'd like to have this in place by September, which means that uh, we're likely to see a lawsuit, maybe even as early as Labor Day, uh, over these new proposals, if, that is, they become law. Now, if there are any San Jose gun owners out there who are uh, watching this program, I would encourage you to contact City Hall. I'd encourage you to reach out to Mayor Sam Licardo and ask why he wants to put a new poll tax in place for folks uh, who want to exercise or folks who are already exercising their Second Amendment rights to the best of their ability, given California's draconian gun control laws. We will uh, continue to pursue this. But, uh, you know, once again, Mayor Sam Licardo and gun control advocates making it very clear the uh, racist overtones of the gun control ideology. Oh, sure, on the surface, it's all, you know, uh, race neutral. Oh, we, we want to ban guns for everybody, not just for uh, black Americans. But these laws are going to have a disproportionate impact on minority gun owners. And gun control advocates cannot pretend that that's not the case. All right, let's turn our attention now to our armed citizens story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We will start there with a uh, story out of Omaha, Nebraska, where the Omaha Police Department has released more details about two shooting suspects accused of killing two teenagers. And as it turns out, uh, the uh, suspects, previously known to law enforcement, according to uh, KFAB, investigators believe 17-year-old Lareja Key and 16-year-old Terrence Moore uh, involved in the homicides of 17-year-olds Javondra McIntosh and Jequan Williams. McIntosh and Williams were uh, shot last Thursday night. Williams died on Thursday. McIntosh died on Saturday. The uh, Omaha Police Department say both Key and Moore are on the run, and they have been for months. In fact, they say that uh, Moore left the radar of the Nebraska Probation Office back in February which was the same day that Terrence Moore was supposed to start at a school for at-risk teens in Arizona. 
Investigators say that uh, Larasia Key skipped juvenile court over a charge of defacing a firearm. All right, so I got some questions about this. How does a guy on probation in Nebraska drop off the radar of the probation office just because he's supposedly now going to school in Arizona? There is no attempt to confirm that that is, in fact, what is happening, that that student is enrolled. The probation office can't call the school every couple of weeks to say, hey, just checking to make sure that uh, Terrence is still in class. Apparently, that wasn't done. And again, this is back in February when this uh, teenager dropped off the radar of the uh, Nebraska Probation's office. That's another way of saying the probation office failed to keep their eye on this parolee. As for the fact that uh, Larasia Key skipped a juvenile court date over a charge of defacing a farm again, well, what were the repercussions of that? No repercussions whatsoever. Not like there was an all-points bulletin sent out. Maybe, maybe another warrant was put out for Key's arrest. But the criminal justice system clearly not doing its job and not taking these individuals seriously. Now the uh, Omaha Police Department asking for the public's help in their search for the uh, two suspects. Police say that Terrence Moore is the suspected shooter and that Key is wanted for accessory to murder. They've also been trying to uh, track down a possible suspect vehicle that was seen last Thursday in the area of the shooting. I wish them the best of luck in trying to apprehend these uh, murder suspects, but got to ask the question, why were they out on the street to begin with? All right, turning our attention to our uh, armed citizen story of the day from uh, Glynn County, Georgia. Police say that there will be no charges for a pizza delivery driver that killed a man during an attempted robbery in uh, Glynn County. You know, I, I wrote about this at uh, Bearing Arms last night. We have sort of a roundup of armed citizen stories. Uh, and this is sort of the corollary to something that we've been talking about in the program for months. The, the policies for Uber and Lyft and other rideshare companies. Uh, and even, I, I guess, to, to some degree, still uh, these pizza chains that prohibit drivers from lawfully carrying while they're on the job, forcing them to choose between their life or their livelihood. Now, Papa John's, Domino's, and Pizza Hut, I, I think those companies have have kind of quietly amended their policy, and now they mostly leave it up to the local franchise owners to determine whether or not a driver is going to face any sort of punishment uh, for carrying a firearm in self-defense. And that happened uh, as a result of a case. Another case, I believe it was in Georgia a few years ago, there was a young woman who was delivering pizzas, uh, who was the victim of an attempted armed robbery. She was able to defend herself. She had her firearm. And nobody really wanted to fire a, you know, 21 or 22-year-old girl for, excuse me, a woman, for defending her life, right? If you're a 35-year-old guy, maybe it's a little bit easier, right? Eh, probably not going to be a huge news story. But you fire a 22-year-old woman, for defending her life against an armed robber, well, the press has probably got to pay more attention to that. So a lot of these companies sort of quietly shifted their policies, and that may benefit uh, this driver in Glen County, Georgia. Uh, according to First Coast News, Glen County police they were dispatched to uh, this area about 1130 after being called by the driver. Uh, responding officers found a man who was shot and dead at that moment. Police say the driver told uh, officers that he shot Hicks in self-defense after Hicks attempted to rob him at knife point. Initially, police say the driver was unable to locate the original location that the pizza was supposed to be delivered. He then made contact with Hicks, who had, you know, called in this false order and instructed him to drive uh, to this location where uh, he was the victim of this attempted robbery. 
The uh, Glenn County Police Department says that Hicks has an extensive criminal history that includes multiple instances of robbery. In fact, they say he recently served 15 years in prison and was recently released on probation. They also say at uh, this time, uh, no criminal charges have been filed against the 25-year-old pizza delivery driver. He was uninjured during the incident. Uh, Police say the investigation continues while they're looking for additional possible suspects. A statement from the uh, owner of the Papa John store there in Glen County said, quote, we are extremely saddened to hear about this tragic situation involving one of our drivers. We are working in full cooperation with local authorities in their investigation. I got to tell you, I would have loved to have seen a little bit of praise for that driver on the part of the uh, Papa John's franchisee. You can be very saddened to hear about this tragic situation, but you can also be very grateful and relieved that the driver in question wasn't harmed because he was able to protect himself. Uh, I don't know if uh, S-A-R-P-J, that is the uh, owner and operator of Papa John's store number 767, I don't know if they plan on releasing any additional statements, but uh, if I live in Glynn County, Georgia, as much as I want to support the driver there, I may offer him uh, a cash tip, but I, 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 I'd be reluctant to actually order from this store until I heard them actually acknowledge the fact that this driver acted in self-defense and told the public that this driver would not be losing his job as a result of protecting his own life. All right, finally today, our good deed of the day from uh, Arkansas, where a police officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. There is just a, a screenshot of the body cam footage from this officer in Pottsville, Arkansas, who was able to save the life of a newborn baby. Officer Cody Hubbard, he's a 23-year-old rookie with the Pottsville Police Department, answered a call for help over the weekend. Joe Cronister had called 911 when his three-week-old son began choking on anti-gas drops. Hubbard said a, a normal day went to a chaotic day in a matter of seconds. He said, when a family's depending on you like that, he said, you know the pressure hits. The uh, infant's breathing was labored. As he tried to get air, his parents and uh, grandmother panicked, helpless. Uh, But uh, when uh, Cody Hubbard arrived, he was able to uh, step up and do the right thing. Uh, He said, it's pretty much, quote, for the Lord to be on my side on this one. So uh, the good news is, Officer Hubbard able to uh, clear that baby's airway. And uh, the baby's going to be fine. Cody Hubbard said, uh, after the baby started breathing again, he got into his car, turned his camera off. And he said, I just kind of started bawling, you know? He said, it felt good to see how that turned out. He said, mentally, I just broke down. He said, I was crying, but it was happy tears. Uh, Officer Cody Hubbard going to get a life-saving award later this month. Meanwhile, his dad, uh, the baby's dad, Joe Cronister, says um, he's incredibly grateful for uh, Officer Hubbard being in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing. That is all that we got for you here on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. We want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, we will be back with more Second Amendment news and information coming up on Wednesday's program. Also, don't forget, you can become a VIP member of BearingArms.com. Just go to the website, BearingArms.com, slash subscribe. You can use the promo code GUNS for 25% off of your VIP membership. And that'll get you access to exclusive analysis, commentary, and more, as well as supporting Programs like this that we bring you uh, almost each and every weekday here at Town Hall Media on YouTube, Bearing Arms Cam and Company on Rumble, Cam and Company on uh, Amazon Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the rest. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>